0: just go to cars.com It's magical.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Last Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys. And in this week's podcast, we are talking about your 13 and 11 Detroit Pistons. Uh, my usual co-host, Ben Gulker and I talk about the starters' desultory play of late. We answer some of your pre-show Twitter questions. And then uh, Ben proposes something interesting. Should Reggie Jackson come off the bench? As always, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. The best way to do that is to share, subscribe, and leave comments. Uh, Please leave comments on the discussion post on Detroit Bad Boys. That's the best way for us to build the podcast according to what y'all are talking about. In order to do that, though, you have to be following DetroitBadBoys.com, which is something you should be doing, because it's the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis this season. With all that said, it's time to go to work. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys Podcast. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. I'm pleased today to be joined by my usual co-host, Ben Gulker. Ben, how are you today?
0: You know, Laz, I'm doing pretty good. The Pistons are doing not so good. But, but I'm doing good. Life's good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to be optimistic about that. How are you doing?
1: I am doing I'm doing all right. Uh like we talked about, it snowed in North Carolina for the first time. Uh, this winter. And so the city of Raleigh is essentially shut down. And so it's always uh, fun watching the southerners deal with the prospect of like less than four inches of snow.
0: You gotta love it.
1: Gotta yeah. love it. Um, And it would help if I was stuck in, like I'm stuck inside my house all day anyway. So it would help if like, I got to watch some like half decent basketball, but like, <laughs> I can't even get that.
0: No, you were not accommodated on that front by any stretch.
1: Oh man. So, uh, of course, we are talking about the loss against the New Orleans Pelicans earlier today. Uh, one, what was it, 116 to 108? That drops the Detroit Pistons to 13 and 11 and makes this week 0 and 4. Uh, it's, not, it's not only that they lost all four games, because losing all four games against uh, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and New Orleans, like on its face, those are not four teams you'd expect to beat. It's more the way in which they lost the plurality of those games. Just two absolutely dreadful burn the tape uh, afterwards blowouts and then two uninspiring offensive performances against superior opponents uh, who were without major players for most of both of those games. The Sixers uh, played the entire game without Joel Embiid. And Anthony Davis only played like something like 15 minutes or he played 26 minutes, which is like well underneath the load that he normally bears and was out with uh with a hip pointer. And so Ben, uh, the Pistons are now, they now have a net rating, a net rating that's in the negative on the year. The offense hasn't been great. The defense hasn't been great. Yes. They, uh, they're missing three core rotation pieces, but like still that doesn't, that, Nothing they've done hasn't made me feel like those three dudes would like change anything, and so we're just we're stuck with some dreadful basketball for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, this was uh, quite the ugly week. It's hard to re- even remember that this is the team that uh, upset the Golden State Warriors and what was essentially a wire to wire win. Right? I mean, uh, this this was a brutal. Re- Uh, brutal week and I think you're spot on we knew this was going to be tough we didn't expect a winning week by any stretch of the imagination Um, the loss to the Thunder followed up by the loss uh, to the Bucks just absolutely terrible basketball completely uninspired Um, you know the Philly game minus the fact that Philly was out Joel Embiid I thought in the first half, they played okay, and the shots went in. They actually went into the game with a bit of a lead at the half. Um, and then the third quarter, the offense sort of stalled, and in the fourth quarter, it's almost like they just stopped playing basketball. Uh, and then here against New Orleans today, uh, we're recording this hour and a half after the game ended or so. Um, you know, they were they were never truly in it. They had a couple little runs. One of them was led in the third quarter, by the bench of all things, John Luehr had some good moments He they called her own. Uh, didn't get his own buckets, but facilitated the offense very nicely. But, uh, you know, apart from Blake Griffin, there was almost nothing on offense. Andre's stat line looks okay. If you're just looking at points and rebounds, but his shooting was terrible and he turned the ball over a lot. So, um, defensively, I think the thing that stands out to me, uh, The Pistons on the perimeter are just a nightmare. The point guard defense in particular has been absolutely atrocious. Uh, Today, that stood out Drew Holiday just torched the Pistons. Um, You know, Reggie and Calderon both defensively had absolutely no answers. You expect that out of Calderon, um, and and maybe you ought to expect that out of Reggie Jackson at this point, but you would hope for, for a little bit more. And, and so it's just every possession the Pistons are scrambling because of, of dribble penetration that uh, happens at the point guard position. And, and the defense just isn't good enough to make up for that. I think you're right. You look at the guys who are out, obviously, ish helps offensively, doesn't add a whole lot defensively. Stanley obviously plugs some holes uh, defensively. Would have been nice to have him against Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler went off in the second half uh, against Philly. Um, you know, but today I'm not sure if they would have matched him up on. On holiday or not and he was really kind of the guy who was making it work so yeah really uninspired basketball and very little very little positive to talk about other than you know Blake Griffin continues to be very very good offensively and uh, there's just absolutely nothing around him right now uh, to help him carry the load.
1: About the point guard defense, I was surprised that we only got nine minutes out of our 19 minutes out of Bruce Brown, who started um, and looked and he drew the the uh, Drew Holiday matchup fairly early on and he didn't have any success. Um, And so I suppose that's why he didn't uh, play that much. But uh, you assume that like when you see a guy of Drew's caliber uh, in and you're matching that with like Langston Galloway who had a very good game offensively. Don't get me wrong, but like is not physically or like talent wise equipped to, to fight drew holiday in any, in any meaningful way defensively. It was just uh it was a little surprising to see that. Um, I will say that I've liked some of uh, what they've been doing to, I liked the lineups that they've had to close the Philly and new Orleans games which is uh, basically the three core starters, Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, surrounded by the two best shooters they have left <laughs> in Luke <laughs> Kennard and, and uh, Langston Galloway. Uh, like I mentioned, Langston had uh, 24 points tonight, four ten from three. Um, like he, he played his butt off and uh, there's nothing really that you, there's nothing more you could have expected from him. And it's, been good to see Luke get reintegrated into the rotation. I know there was there was a lot of uh, early consternation when he got back from his injury that he wasn't playing enough, like especially against I think Milwaukee. He uh, very he didn't play. I think he only played the first half in that game and that was a blowout, and so there was no reason for him not to play the second half of that game. But uh it looks like he's firmly back into the rotation and uh and hopefully eventually he's too good a shooter for his shooting to not come around. But uh, you would obviously like that shooting to come around sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he the thing I like about his offense, even though he's not shooting well, is his movement and his passing. He he understands the game offensively, high IQ player. Um, so I think he moves without the ball and he makes the extra pass. And uh, that's going to be useful because right now it's, you know, the only guys who are creating are, are Blake and then occasionally Reggie. And of course, Ish when he's in does a little bit of that, but he, he hasn't been in, so yeah, his shooting is gonna come around. There's no question about it. I'm I'm personally not at all upset about his minutes in the sense that th- there's no sense rushing him back. It it takes time to get your wind and your legs. So um, you know, I don't I don't mind him taking it slow.
1: Yeah. All right, and so because both of us are just so very downtrodden about the Pistons, we we reached out to you guys and uh, solicited some Twitter questions. Um, Ben, uh, specifically did the heavy lifting on that one. Thank you, Ben.
0: Yeah. The heavy lifting of 140 characters. Yeah, you are very welcome. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, we've got some tweets that I'm going to read out and we're going to respond to, uh, Oh, okay. Here we go from, uh, David Fernandez, DBB zone, David Fernandez at the financial. Uh, what of? what are each of your top three things to do other than watch Pistons games? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, well, this week, basically anything else was better than watching the Pistons. Uh, I have a little two-year-old daughter. Love love hanging out with her. She's a blast. She actually watched a little bit of the game with me today, which was a lot of fun. She kept saying basketball over and over, so that made the product on the TV a little more bearable, oh, because yeah. she, was, she was pretty hilarious. That melts my heart.
1: That's so cute.
0: Yeah, it was very cute. Um, she also said football a couple times, so she doesn't totally have basketball <laughs> down yet, but I'll take it. Um I'm a gamer. I, I grew up in the eighties, so by nature I'm a gamer and I still sneak a little bit of gaming in. And you know, I'm I'm really satisfied and fulfilled in my career. So, you know, my, my career is, is important to me and that takes up a lot of my time, obviously. So, you know, being a dad and husband, sneaking in the gaming and slash reading, I'll I'll say those are my two recreational things, and then being a working man.
1: So I guess I'm a little bit more boring than you. Um, I am a husband, but not a father. I guess I'm, I'm a dog father.
0: You got a dog, yeah. That yeah. Counts. So I, I
1: like to walk Wallace every now and again. It was uh, what game was it? Where well, was one game earlier this year? Oh, you know what it was? It was the second uh, Philly game, the game where Joel Embiid shot a gajillion free throws in the first half. Yeah. Um, that game was like on at noon on a Saturday for some reason, and so after that game i like i went outside and i walked wallace my dog for like 45 full minutes just like nice. doing literally anything else besides thinking about that game um yeah. i'm also a gamer i like to uh to get in uh some video games my uh, my 2k pistons are much more successful than the uh, actual real <laughs> life pistons and uh what else uh oh i've been uh trying to catch up on some stuff on netflix uh great british baking bake off is like the thing that me and the wife can watch together and so wow uh, i like yeah we get that in whenever there's no basketball all right uh next question uh from island uh island poppy underscore uh, who would be our best options from the self-destructing Bulls teams? Now, this is funny Oh my because the Bulls lost their game against Boston by, like, 50 points and apparently are not very happy with the coaching change that they've recently undergone. And so, you know, maybe the front office decides to sell off some of these pieces. So, Ben, uh, do you have any interest in anybody from the Bulls?
0: <laughs> I had to look up who was on the roster because other than, like, their top couple guys, like – I mean who do they even have um geez of course obviously Zach Levine's fantastic but you got to think he's untouchable um I don't know I saw someone mention that tr- Twitter thread Chris Dunn but he's hurt right if I'm not mistaken yeah, he's hurt right now yeah he hasn't played I think he only played a little bit this season but I don't know man that's if the Pistons have kind of a fire sale roster outside of their top guys, what does that make the Bulls? I guess is my question.
1: I would I would look at one guy and that's Bobby Portis, right? Like Bobby yeah, I Bobby can see Portis that, in yeah. like the John Lurr slot right now could probably help the team just with like better def- better defender, uh better shooter insert Shamik's statistic about the last time John Lurr made a 3 here and uh <laughs>
0: Jeez, when was that? Do you remember? It's
1: more than six hundred days at this point.
0: Jeez, he had a couple wide open looks, at least one wide open look today too. That was, the,
1: I, and that was the only shot he yeah. missed. Yeah, yeah. So Bobby, I'd be interested in Bobby Portis, and that's pretty much it. If you could, uh, if you could force Chicago to like take all of your bad money, get Jabari, and then just like clear twenty million off your cap for next season that holds some intrigue but they would not do that and Mm, he he probably wouldn't want that to happen so he could stop that all right uh next question is from at asim jones it seems like the pistons lead the league in low effort games if bringing in casey didn't fix the issue how do they address it without being able to make a trade
0: man if i knew that question i would have applied for the job right (laughs) right give me that money i mean (laughs) <laughs> this is a tough one because there clearly are moments when it's low effort, but then I think there are moments when they just miss all of their shots. And so it looks like low effort. So I'm not saying this isn't a real thing because it certainly is a real thing. Um, you know, this week was particularly, I think evident of that it's like they had the high of the golden state win and then just fell flat for, you know, three and a half out of the four games they have played. Um, I don't know. It, it, it Andre Drummond's motor has been the biggest question about him the entire time he's been in the league. I think he's mostly improved on that. His trajectory has gone up. Um, Blake Griffin certainly plays hard to me. Uh, defensively, he lapses a little bit at times. But he goes. And, and I think, you know, if there's one thing in terms of strategy that I would want to look at, it's um, thinking about how to get more people engaged in the offense because our offense is very much – one guy dribble, 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 and four guys stand around. And, you know, having played basketball, if, you, if you've if you ever played at any level, you know how disheartening that can be when you never get a chance to touch the ball and do anything to contribute offensively. So if there are some, some sets that they could run or some set plays that they could run, even occasionally just to get more involvement from guys than just standing there waiting to catch a pass and shoot a three, I think that would be worth trying. But, uh, yeah, if I knew the answer, man, I, I would have gotten my resume ready a year ago.
1: That's totally fair. I think the, I struggle with the premise of the question because I've hate watched a bunch of Washington Wizards games, Ooh. and like that team just like does not give a crap sometimes, and like it is it is hilarious to watch if you're not a fan. Uh, they lost to Cleveland uh, last night, I think, and like that in and of itself is terrible. And I think I think that's that's shows you a little bit something about Detroit, right? Like Detroit. Doesn't really have that uh, atrocious loss uh, on their resume so far. They they lost to Brooklyn in the Spencer Dinwiddie game, but like that was a tough game. Yeah, it was it, a hard fought game at least. And and you know Brooklyn is not a Brooklyn's not the Cavs, and they haven't lost to the Cavs yet. Um, I would say that I would say that I totally agree with you, and that I would like to see a little bit more offensive creativity. Get guys, get guys moving. Get the. Ball moving and that kind of rages raises the energy level of the team um you saw that a little bit today actually with jose calderon um coming in and playing the way he did off the bench um calderon was he only took one shot uh three that he missed but he had uh, nine assists in 22 minutes and was a team high plus 10 in his 22 minutes and so when you get guys moving and when you get the ball moving Uh, It feels like the offense definitely flows uh, a lot better. Now, with that said, I think that um, there's some things you can do like schematically, even within like Blake and Andre to make uh, to make the ball move a little bit better. We haven't really seen Blake operate as a as a pick and roll uh, roll man that often this season. Um, They have like the one set play they run where like they have a Reggie Blake pick and roll and then Blake lobs it to Dre and like They run their play like once a game now, and that's nice. But like a little bit more of that could be uh, useful. Get Blake on the move, attacking the defense, um, not from like a set position, but like still from like 15 feet and in at their best, they had some sets where like Andre would flash from the corner. I remember specifically uh, they did that a couple times against Atlanta and Orlando, uh, what feels like uh, eons ago. But uh, a couple of those sets where uh, Dre was like fake spacing the floor, but you, you run some stuff on the strong side. He flashes in from the weak side. Um, it's really hard for the defense to account for a guy his size, um, attacking the rim without the ball and just and, uh, stretching the defense vertically in that way. And I think that um, a lot of what we success the Pistons had earlier was with the ball in Reggie Jackson's hands a little bit more and we have not seen that as much. And I know Reggie is much maligned among Pistons fandom for what, both for what he is and both for what he is not, but uh, it is more useful to leverage him for what he is than kind of complain about what he isn't. And Casey has not always done the best job of putting the ball in Reggie's hands and saying like, hey, like, you know, it, you can, you can attack, you can make it, you are one of the two guys on this team who can like create a shot uh, with a live dribble, like go, go do that. And so I'd like to see a little bit more of that. So basically more uh, Reggie Blake pick and rolls solves half of these problems and stop giving the ball to Dre so much. Dre was uh, Dre was so much better in the third quarter of this new Orleans game after he picked up his fourth foul and just decided I'm going to crash the offensive glass a bunch and not worry about the the post-ups the post ups are would get him in trouble. Uh, that's when he uh, he gets he gets slapped, or he, he doesn't get the foul call. He kind of like you know complains a little bit, doesn't get back, he doesn't like, get back, yeah. And the, a chain of events occurs from there, you know.
0: Yeah, and to piggyback, Jose Calderon actually had some good minutes against Philly as well. I mean, this has been the surprise of the season for me. He's been extremely competent, at least offensively. Um, I think against Philly, they were able to hide him a little bit on McConnell. Um, tonight there wasn't really any good place to hide him, but, uh, if he could give you 15 minutes, I mean, that's a positive thing. Cause he just by nature of the way he plays, he involves other players. So that, that may be helpful. And, and as I said, I think the second unit had some of the, the best minutes of the game tonight. So maybe something there.
1: Yeah. Actually, I want to, I want to credit, uh, the aforementioned, uh, David Fernandez, uh, for and it, he wrote a piece for TVB about uh, Jose Calderon's uh, you know new and uh, improved role now that Ishmith is going to be out for a while and he had a very interesting stat uh, last season so in the year with Cleveland um, Jose Calderon in the 23 games where he played less than 15 minutes a game he shot 42 percent from the floor and just 28 percent from three. But in the games where he played more than 15 minutes, he played, he shot uh, 50% from the floor and 47% from three. So it seems like Jose is the type of guy who needs to uh, play more minutes to get in a rhythm and get in a feel with how the game is going. And so maybe with this like new backup point guard role, we'll see a little bit more of that. That was evident against Philadelphia. That was evident uh, against New Orleans today. I am, I don't want to I just as much as the next person don't want to like <laughs> lean on Jose Calderon to be the engine of, of the second unit, but um, he's, he's still a guy who can run a pick and roll and he makes the ball move. And like, that's what you need out of a, out of a second unit. All right. Uh, what was the next one? Oh, ugh, okay. I'm, I've been dreading this one um, from uh, Ku Khalil NBA. Uh, I think me and uh, Joe Truck would like to know how the SSGR three is holding <laughs> up.
0: Uh, you sunk my battleship.
1: Yeah, the SR, the SSGR three is. Uh, we're patching the hull right now. It's uh, we're undergoing repairs. No, I mean I think that. Uh, <laughs> so I was pleased with the way Glenn played against Philly because he was aggressive. My thing has been like even though he's starting because he's not being aggressive um in uh looking for his shot that uh he's not being an he doesn't have the impact i think he could right like so he was brought in to like make open threes and like crash the glass and like take two dribbles and like penetrate a defense and right now what you see him do uh far too often or you want him to take like two like North South dribbles. And what you see far too often is him taking two like lateral dribbles to not to penetrate the defense, but to like get a better angle on a Blake post up or something. And so I would just like to see him be more aggressive. Uh, I think he has the athleticism to do stuff like that. I I know his ball handling is not quite where he'd like it to be. And so there's a little bit of that element, but um, like if like, if, and if you play uh, roughly the same minutes as Bruce Brown and Bruce Brown has seven shots and you only have two shots, like that's not, that's not what they brought you in for, right? Like he should be, he should be more aggressive in his short minutes.
0: Yeah. To me, he looks, he just looks super tentative. That's maybe another way of saying what you did. that He doesn't look aggressive. He looks like he's playing to avoid mistakes rather than to create something positive. Um, you know, I, as everyone knows, I've watched a lot of him. I watched him, you know, I watched his teams in Michigan probably more than I've watched any college basketball team since the Fab Five. And um, I think he's got untapped resources the Pistons can use. I've mentioned his ability to move on the baseline. I think sneaking him along the baseline for lobs is still an option. Um, but the shot is not falling. And I think as long as that's the case, he's going to have a short leash. Um, for whatever reason, since moving to the starting lineup, he's basically settled into that like 15 to 18 minutes a game. Um, I I don't know if Casey is doing that on purpose or if it's a response to him, not shooting the ball particularly well. Um, it would be nice to see, you know, a few games where he doesn't have to worry about making mistakes. He knows he's going to get his 20 minutes and see if that opens things up for him. You mentioned Bruce Brown, um, sort of surprising i feel like he's he's developing actually a little bit more offensively than i would have expected uh, around the rim and he's even knocked down some shots so yeah gr3 not panning out as we'd hoped still a long season still time to write that ship Um, but bruce brown has given some decent minutes so uh for a second round pick i think they have to be happy with what they've gotten from him
1: no definitely and that's and that's uh like exemplary of what the, and the type of shots Bruce Brown is taking are the type of shots I expected Glenn to to also take, right? Like we've seen Bruce just kind of put his head down, take a couple dribbles and like get all the way to the rim and put up shots that uh, don't go in, but clear the way for Andre Drummond to attack the offensive glass, right? The, the Kobe assists. Um, we've seen... Like recently in the Philly and New Orleans game, we've seen Bruce Brown hit some wide open corner threes. I don't know how, I don't know how long that is going to uh, last and I don't know how much you should rely on that as an offensive strategy, but like if he's going to do that, that definitely helps the, the second unit and the starters uh, a lot um, with, with the offense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if he's going to play more than 20 minutes a game as he's been playing, he's got to take that shot. So. Um, The fact that a few of them have gone in is a positive because he, he can't not take that because then it becomes four on five. He's got to shoot the basketball when he's open.
1: Definitely. Definitely. All right. uh, Last one Uh, again from Island Poppy. At this point we trade for wall, terrible handicap contract, but four years of wall and Blake with some Andre might not be all that bad. I still, this is just, this frustrates me to no end because Again, I've hate watched a bunch of Wizards games and like John Wall is very talented and uh, still when he wants to be can still be like an all-star level player, but he wants to very, very rarely nowadays. And if you guys like don't like the desultory way that Reggie Jackson just like dribbles the air out of the ball and like doesn't play any defense like you will hate John Wall. (laughs) He does the exact same thing for twice the price.
0: Yeah, hold on. I got to get my dictionary out real quick. I heard a word in there. I didn't recognize. it. Desultory. I like that. Desultory. That's a fantastic podcast word. So shout outs to Laz. <laughs> yeah, man. La- uh, John Wall. Oof. So um, I don't want to hate on the person who asked the question because I appreciate the question, but I am not a believer in John Wall. I think you're exactly right, Laz. It's, he's the kind of frustratingly talented player who, you know, apart from maybe a season or two, has never really put it all together. Um, you know, He's got a lot of things he could blame if he wanted to. He's been hurt. There's been coaching changes, et cetera. Uh, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy, ever, the guy who's ever just going to sort of pull up his bootstraps and say, you know what, I'm a talented player, and I'm going I'm to maximize what I can give my team, regardless of whether I'm fighting with my teammates, regardless of if I like the way the coach is using me. I'm going to make the best of what I got. I, I just don't see that from him. And, uh, you know, given the state of the Pistons right now, um, you know, they're not playing well. So I'm not sure what adding um, that sort of attitude to the mix would really do. He doesn't strike me as a leader. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who goes out there and says, hey, you know, follow my lead. Um, Blake has has been doing that to whether or not everyone's following him is a good question. I, I just don't know how uh, how Wall's personality would fit with that.
1: I think the the desire to like make such a big splashy trade is exemplary of the knowledge that like this team is not a championship contender. This team, um, if everyone stays healthy, is probably going to make the playoffs des- despite how bad everything looks right now. Um, like Charlotte is still like I think like a game under five hundred or something, and uh, Miami still looks bad, and Washington is looking better but still not good and could fall apart at any moment and so like they're probably going to make the playoffs but they're not going to do much more than that and I think fans would would definitely like to to make more of a statement to to be in in championship contention to be in like eastern conference final uh contention but I, I don't think that's I think that's realistic and I think that's like a hard thing to let go uh for a lot of people and so, but, like, the John Wall question kind of leads me to another thing that I've seen, which is, like, you know, who can we trade? Like, I know it's, like, we can't get Wall. Okay, we can't get, like, a guy like Otto Porter. Like, what are some, like, smaller names that we could do that would, like, make this team better? I know uh, Vince Ellis of the uh, the Free Press, who's been on this podcast, uh, mentioned that the Pistons had interest in uh, Damian Dotson of the New York Knicks who's like a 6'8 wing who uh, has been playing really well under David Fisdell and, and, um, and still not a guy who could, like, create his own shot, more much more of like a Reggie Bullock type, but a, a better shooter and a guy with some length. So, like, that, that could be interesting. Um, you've seen – I've seen, uh, like, Josh Jackson has definitely fallen out of favor in Phoenix. Um, Jackson, of course, is uh, from Michigan and, uh, was going to go to Michigan State before uh, some some stuff happened that uh, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to talk about <laughs> on, uh, on podcasts. But uh, is you know, shooting uh, has a true shooting percentage of like under 50 percent on the year, which is really really bad. But was the number four pick like less than two years ago, and so there's a lot of potential there. Um, uh, there was like one more name that I was thinking of, but the Pistons kind of need like their version of like a Marshawn Brooks or like a jamal crawford but like much much younger just a guy who
0: <laughs> i think crawford's 45 right i mean he's <laughs> he is so old yeah
1: but like just a guard or a forward or somebody who can uh some way you can create a a shot that does not involve like a blake Griffin post-up or like the the defense being sc- the defense scrambling itself in some way you know
0: i totally agree i mean I'm not a trade guru, so I'm the wrong guy to ask this question if it's a trade, but this is going to sound nuts. And it even sounds nuts when I think about it, but would Reggie Jackson just be better suited to the second unit? I mean, fundamentally this roster has a problem in that Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson just don't seem to make much sense. And, you know, we're clearly seeing Reggie struggle mightily, um, without the ball in his hands. And if, if he's going to start, that means you're the bulk of his minutes are going to come with Blake Griffin. Um, wouldn't it make more sense to bring him off the bench and give him, you know, those 15 to 18 minutes leading the second unit, you know, if it were me, I would, I would give that some serious thought. I mean, you sort of put yourself in the situation where you have to ask the question, okay, is, is how can Jose calls her own hold is zoning at certain point guards? And that's not an easy question to deal with, but, uh, when Ish gets healthy, Ish seems to work a little better with Blake. So my thought is, you know, philosophically and fundamentally, you're you're stuck with these three three guys. You're probably not going to get value back for Reggie Jackson because of his injury history and in recent play. If you're going to maximize the skills that he does have, right, instead of complaining about what he doesn't have, as you mentioned, why not just give him the ball and let him run the second unit and, uh, and see what happens because I, I really feel like the way that they're using him now is the, the worst possible way to use him, and I think that's hurting him. and it, The offense, man, the offense is so easy to defend because you know 80% of the time when Blake Griffin is on the floor, it's just give the ball to Blake and then everyone else stand around. They, they need a different option, and, and maybe a, a shuffle like that would make some sense.
1: I think that is a that is a hard pitch to a guy who was brought into Detroit to like be the the point guard of the future. A guy who is, you know, how we've learned um, from over the years is uh, is very prideful. Yeah, um, a guy who uh, has done everything the coaching staff has asked of him so far this season. Um, I think that's a hard sell but uh, like philosophically if this were like NBA 2k and I don't have to worry about, you know, staring him in the face after games in the locker room. Like, yeah, I I think that's something I could definitely uh, be willing to experiment with. I know. I think he would appreciate it too, right? Like he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to attack in the pick and roll. And uh, that's something that he does not get the opportunity to do as much uh, with the starting lineup. Now, I think, Before you try something that drastic, maybe just, you know, run some more pick and rolls with him instead of uh, leaning so heavily on on Blake post ups for your offense. Maybe that that's like a less drastic change that you could try. But at the same time, I totally get like philosophically where you're coming from. And that would be that would be interesting. Um, I would think you you would need probably I don't think you could start ish in that way I think like that would be that would be where you would try something like Bruce Brown is your nominal point guard but like really he's just out there in like i um, I'm trying to think of like he's in that he's out there in like a Marcus Smart role where like his job is to just guard the other
0: yeah he um, defends the other point guard yeah
1: it defends the other point guard and then you're starting like Brown Bull and uh, Brown and Bullock and then like maybe that's when you throw in like a Luke Kennard or somebody uh, to get more shooting, just like straight up spot up shooting, as opposed to uh, a GR three or a, uh, like a Stanley Johnson. Um, I will say when Stanley gets healthy, I don't know how like a Stanley Reggie led bench would look. Stanley wants the ball in his hands and um, his shooting has regressed a little bit from like the week long stretch when uh, he could do no wrong, but uh, you know, he he's still much better and more confident offensively with the ball in his hands. Um, and, and in transition and if reggie jackson's on the court i don't know how much of that you uh you get you know yeah
0: no i hear that they they've got and that's kind of what i mean they have these fundamental roster challenges there's you know there, there is a lack of of really good talent they've got guys who are average and better than average but then they've also got guys who don't necessarily fit and it it's not a super easy solution you know another thing you could try is maybe a Reggie is the first guy out, you know, five or six minutes in, and then you play his longer stretch. You know, he comes in to close out the first quarter when Blake goes out or something. Like, I, I would just do something to try to get those two um, playing on, on opposite lineups as much as I could because I, I don't know, it's it's just not working. It's just not working.
1: No, I don't. I don't disagree with you, and I think that um, things uh, clearly do need to change. But as always, my train, my changes are my proposed changes are just a little bit more moderate uh, than the crowds.
0: No, but I mean, you're right. Like, could we count on one hand the number of times that you could you could even remember a Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin pick and roll? Like, I can't even well, no, I I can't even count five times in the last week that I
1: remember that even happening. Well, no, I can remember them very vividly because they're so rare. They're so few.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so like, that's, that's what makes the difference to me. And so, yeah, we'll, I, that'll, that's an interesting, like philosophical question that we'll have to see how Dwayne Casey handles. And, you know, so far I have been, it was much easier for me to accept the weird, uh, idiosyncrasies of Dwayne Casey, like when the team was winning and now that, now that they're losing, they sound like nitpicks, but like they've, this is the same questions we've had like the entire time right mm-hmm. about yeah. about the drop coverage about the uh the creativity of the offense or lack thereof um about the uh, certain guys being uh in certain lineups together uh, certain lineup configurations you you wonder like what like statistically or numerically he's like looking at but uh you know i i Ultimately, like it's, I still have faith in Dwayne Casey as a creative guy who will uh, figure it out. Um, I think, like like you said, Ben, the the roster does not lend itself very well to uh, creative solutions all of the time. So uh, I think that's uh, something we we need to just kind of be a little bit more patient with. Uh, so the Pistons play Philadelphia. They play at Philadelphia tomorrow. Oof. Philly. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. Philly on And
0: Embiid the- will probably be back, right? Yeah,
1: he'll be back for that one.
0: That, that's what I recall, yeah.
1: Oof. And then they play uh, at Charlotte later this week, and then they play Boston at home. Boston, of course, just beat Chicago by like 50 and is figuring some stuff out on offense. Um, ben, are the uh, Pistons going to be under 500 when uh, we record this podcast next week?
0: The odds are good. I, I don't like that schedule. I mean, Philly, obviously, we know what those challenges are. Point guard defense. I mean, Kemba Walker is going to eat us for lunch, and then uh, Boston's just better. I mean, struggles aside, they're just they're just a pretty good team who's underperformed. So, yeah, it, it's looking like sub 500 a week from now when we talk. Laz, what do you think?
1: I I would say that I'm going to. So I got after we finish recording this podcast, I'm going to watch a good chunk of the Hornets Knicks game. And see like how Kimball Walker is looking because if I remember correctly, he like tweaked an ankle uh, a couple games ago and has been uh, a little bit more mortal uh, since then. And so uh, if he if he looks fine, then like yeah, we could definitely we could definitely be under five hundred uh, this time next week. But uh, if he doesn't, maybe that's uh, a lone game that the uh, the Pistons can pick up uh, to kind of stay afloat before uh, the schedule evens out a little bit. Um, and, like, it goes like this for another couple weeks after Boston. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, we have Milwaukee again uh, at Minnesota. Minnesota traded away Jimmy Butler and became a defensive juggernaut. I don't know how that goes, but so it does. Uh, they play at Charlotte again, again. And then uh, two days before Christmas, they play Atlanta at home, and that'll be a, a welcome salve. Uh, for the uh, for the Detroit Pistons Uh, Atlanta is feisty but not a very good team and they've done a good job of beating not very good teams uh, so far this season
0: yeah so uh, what I'm going to be watching tomorrow night against Philly can Andre Drummond manage to not have his shot blocked twice by Ben Simmons because uh, as I mentioned pre-podcast I watched the Philly game this morning because my work schedule I didn't get to catch it live Ben Simmons blocked Andre Drummond twice we don't need Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in Dre's head. He's got a, he's got to be a little bit stronger than that.
1: Yeah, I will. I will be looking to see if Joel Embiid gets the, uh, gets the favorable treatment um, from the referees that he got the uh, last time he played against the Pistons. <laughs> <New Orleans. laughs> this will be this will be the fourth time those two teams have played uh, before January, before December fifteenth. Like, yeah, at least we don't have to see them anymore
0: strange schedule
1: very very weird schedule and a, a, ostensibly like an easy schedule although it doesn't uh, we're still like in the bottom like third of the league and far of like as far as like strength of schedule goes yeah. um and that's what i mean by like easy quote unquote mm-hmm. but it's been it's been a weird uh it's been a weird uh two weeks for the pistons all right ben um Thanks for thanks for shouting out the podcast on Twitter. Uh, how can people yeah. uh, follow us and ask us questions about uh, what guys we should or shouldn't trade, or who should or should <laughs> not come off the bench, or or anything else about the uh, Detroit Pistons?
0: Yeah, you can always hit me up on Twitter. Thanks to those of you who ask questions. We should do that more often. I mean, it's it's fun to hear what the listeners are are talking about. So, uh, at Bjar on Twitter. I'm not as active on the blog as I once was. I used to be like prolific. As a commenter, but uh, life gets busy. So Twitter's a good place to start. And I hop in the blog comments when I get a chance.
1: Yeah. And of course, you can uh, always follow me on Twitter at last chance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. Uh, I also I need to comment more, but uh, the, I feel like I'm repeating. I repeat myself so often on uh on the blog and like that that's something that holds me back from commenting um probably as much as i should but i'll try and work on that i'll try and come up with some new more creative stuff for you guys to uh to read on my end um this has been the detroit bad boys podcast thanks so much for coming on ben and uh, we'll see you guys next week